Happy New Year, and welcome to Busy Making Other Plans. I am recording live from the first Monday of the new year, and it was a great start, to be quite honest. You know, I had a dermatologist appointment this morning back in Ajax, and let me tell you, that doctor, whew, oh my gosh, I haven't seen a good-looking doctor in ever, and he just had the best skin, which of course, he's a dermatologist, it's, you know, required. Wow, I was just, it was great. I have moderate to severe acne, so we were discussing my options. He suggested birth control or Accutane, but I'm not very good at taking the pill. And honestly, when I was on it, I was a raging bitch. So we just decided to go with a topical cream. Hopefully it works because the chemical peels and microdermabrasion sure as hell didn't. That was a complete waste of money. And um, yeah, so, you know, got to wake up and see him in the morning. And uh, now I am back in my condo recording this podcast. And I'm just so relieved that New Year's Eve is over. I don't know what you guys did for New Year's Eve. Hopefully it was with friends or family. But I went to bed early because there was nothing else to do. And I was woken up by my Latina mother, who is not the most graceful person. And she was yelling, Princesa! come downstairs because she wanted to do her whole little uh, shebang and, and have us all together. And the reason she called me Princessa is because my nickname at home is Princess. It always has been. It's pretty embarrassing, but whatever. And, um, you know, I am still wearing my bonnet. I'm groggy. I am disoriented. You know, I went through a full REM cycle, was not prepared to do whatever the hell she wanted us to do. And let me tell you, it is something, okay? So she has this tradition back home where you eat 12 grapes for 12 months of the year. You have to hold the largest bill that you have in your hand and you have to run to the highest point of the house. That's like a lot of energy. That's like a lot of activities that are going on. I'm still just trying to wake up. And I don't know about you, but I can't eat immediately after waking up. Like I will have a tummy ache. I will feel nauseous. So I could only eat about four grapes. I think that means I only get four months of good luck this year, but that was all I could handle or else there would be a situation on the kitchen floor. Anyways, my dad took a picture of all of this. I just look like the most miserable person. I don't want to relive that night. I just, I, it was hell. The next day was terrible because I can't be woken up. It's so funny because it's such a far stretch from what my New Year's Eve was last year, and I don't really know when I'm going to be able to do that same thing again, but wow, who would have thought this is what life would be like now? I sure as hell did not see this coming. Oh, here's something else I want to talk about. The fact that it's 2021 and for some reason everyone thinks everything's changing. Like all the bad is left in 2020 and 21 just, there's no COVID. It doesn't exist. I am so tired of seeing all those posts on Instagram from people saying like, it's a new page, leave all the bad behind, cheers to 2021. Like as if anything is actually changing. Did I miss something? Are we no longer wearing masks in stores? Can we go travel again? Like what's, why are we all assuming that things are different this year? I just, I don't like fake positivity. It's just, it's deceptive. I don't like to see it. And here's another thing that is just, it grinds my gears so much is seeing people post about their new year's resolutions. And 
listen, I support goals, I support objectives, but I don't support resolutions. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. I think about 80 to 90% of people fail the resolution by February. It's just, it's not realistic. You could have done this any other day, but you chose New Year's and it's, I don't know, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. So if we could just stop that and maybe like focus on, you know, what we can do today, like I think that would be better. Let's, let's stick to that. That would be great. While we're on the topic of new year, new me, um, my birthday is actually coming up on January 16th, and it's not something I'm very excited about, to be quite honest. I'll be, I'll be turning 24, and I feel very robbed of my 23rd year. I don't like the idea of aging. I don't know, there's something just sexy about being barely legal, and I've just decided that I'm turning 23 again this year. If we could go ahead and wish me a 23rd birthday this year, I think um, we'll all be happy about that. But anyways, moving on to our topic. So this topic was suggested to me by a friend of mine. He is someone who taught me in university and someone I continue to speak to about personal development. And the reason he told me I should speak about this on my podcast is because there are so many students who just graduated from university who come to him and tell him they're in this same situation. And so he thought it would be such a great idea for me to speak about this for anyone who feels like they're in a trapped place or who needs to make a change in their life. So the topic I'm talking about today is success disaster. Now some of you might be thinking, Ashley, what success disaster? Well, success disaster is when you are successful at a job you hate. It's not a fun place to be in. You feel trapped. You're doing something without really knowing or loving what you're doing. You just know that you've always done it. You're good at it. Maybe it provides a certain lifestyle that you need. And this often happens with people who chose the traditional route. So if you're someone who went to university, you volunteered at all the right places, you got really great internships, and you've just graduated and you got a career that you worked hard for, that's great. But now you're in it and you're thinking, well, this doesn't feel as fulfilling as I thought it would be. And that can be really hard to go through because you almost put your life in autopilot mode and you're just working to live. And the problem with that is you don't really feel as though your life is fulfilling. And what makes it worse is you go online and you see all these people who are raving about how much they love their job or if you don't love your job, you better go get a new job. And you think that everyone is just living the dream. But guess what? 50% of Canadians don't like where they work. So chances are they're probably lying. This doesn't mean continue working in your job because everyone else is just living for the paycheck. No, it just means that you're not alone and you shouldn't feel as though you're inadequate for following that traditional route. Like, hey, I went the traditional route as well. It's wise, but it's not for everyone. Speaking as the child of an immigrant, I know what it's like to have such high expectations from our parents and having to be this certain person for them because it's what they want. But it can be a difficult thing to juggle having your own aspirations, but also wanting to please your parents and your family. And it sucks because it could lead you to study something in university that you're not truly passionate about. Like how many of us were lucky enough to study something in our undergrad that we truly enjoyed? Not everyone did. 
But here's the thing. The sooner we can recognize that we're in success disaster, the sooner we can begin that transition out of that place and into a career that's more fulfilling. It is so much easier to recognize this while you're young than 10 or 15 years down the line when you're in your career and you can't really leave because it pays for your lifestyle. The reason I'm talking about this on my podcast is because I've had these conversations with Omer, who is the performance coach who brought up this topic, and that is why I'm talking about it with you because it's something that so many people can relate to, and it's something that we can change as long as we acknowledge that we're in that place and we want to take steps towards fulfilling our purpose. Okay, so we acknowledge that we are suffering from success disaster. The next question you're asking yourself is, what can we do about it? Well, this is going to sound super cliche, but you have to find your purpose. Now, I know it is so hard to figure out what our purpose is. And to be honest, if I were to ask you right now, what's your purpose? You would not be able to give me an answer. You'd probably say something like what you do, what you're good at, what your job is. And those aren't exactly your purpose. You're on the right track, but... It's not your purpose. And what I'm going to do is outline an exercise that's going to help us figure that out. This is an exercise I actually did. And to be honest, I'm still working on it because it's a process and there's no way you're going to figure this all out in one sitting. It's going to take quite a bit of reflection. But the way you're going to change your trajectory on life is understanding what your purpose is. Nick Craig, the author of Leading from Purpose, explained this perfectly. He said, if you were pulled out of your life and replaced by someone with equal skills, what would people miss the most three months later? Whatever it is they'd miss, that's your purpose. I love that because there is something that is so distinctly you, something you were put on this earth for that no one else can replicate. And if you are able to define what that is and embrace it, then you can live in your purpose and get out of that trapped place you're in right now. So the exercise you're going to do, I'm going to break it down into steps just to make it easy to understand. So for step one, think about your childhood. What are the moments that something magical happened and it changed your perception? For me, one instance was when I went to Wonderland with my dad and brother. I was nine years old and the line was so long to buy the tickets. My dad didn't want to wait, so he gave me his credit card and asked me to try and buy the tickets. Basically saying, figure it out. I discreetly made my way to the front because no one's going to question a nine-year-old butting in line. And then I got to the counter and I bought three tickets with his credit card and we got in. At the time, I felt so brave and I loved how proud my dad was. I realized in that moment that I can attain anything I desire with a little bit of bravery and cleverness. I'm just going to say what you're all thinking. Yes, I'm a trash human being for cutting line, but I was nine. You would have done the same thing too if you were brave and clever. And that line was ridiculous. But I would never do that now. I think people are pieces of shit who cut in lines at the club. At nine, it's cute. At 23, you're pathetic. Okay, well, moving on. So step two, think about crucible moments. These are times that were most challenging to you. And the reason we're thinking about this is because often our purpose comes out when all hell is breaking loose around us. It's like that quote, the tough times never last, but tough people do. We learn a lot from our challenges. So create a list of what those were and how you managed to get through it. This isn't specific to childhood. This could have been yesterday, could have been last year. And if I haven't already mentioned this, this is not my exercise. I am not a thought leader uh, and 
anything I'm saying comes from this book, Leading from Purpose. I will link it in the bio and I'm gonna also say that this step in particular gave me a lot of difficulty. To think about your challenging moments and what you did to get through it, for me it was hard to explain and to see what the learning that came out of it was. Like the first sub bullet after how I dealt with a hardship began with, I cried. Literally every single one started with, I cried. I can't help it, I externalize my emotions, crying helps, but like I said, it could be difficult to do, but you have to go a little bit deeper and understand what it is that you did and think about what was that learning. Moving on to step three, this is where you're going to think about activities that you love to do just for the sake of doing them. The reason is because there is a strong presence of your talents within these activities and these talents provide a lens for clarifying what exactly your purpose is. So think about activities that put you into flow and what that really means is a state where time doesn't really exist. So think of you maybe playing a sport or painting or maybe studying and you're just really, really focused at the task at hand. So those are the activities I'm talking about. And don't just say, I like reading. Tell me why you like reading. What is it that you're getting out of it? Are you creating a universe in your head? Are you escaping reality? Like, write it out. And now finally, with all of this information that you've just laid out, you can begin to build a purpose statement. You'll see commonalities. You may realize the type of person you are and what you enjoy doing or your way of solving problems. And your purpose statement may look something like, I like doing X to be able to provide Y, or I do X by doing Y. Whatever the format is, you're gonna be able to see what your purpose is based on those actions and past experiences that you've had. And that's because these moments in the past help us recall our original flow experiences and those are things that we can do in adulthood. Reflection is so weird. It's like everything happens for a reason and it all makes sense when you look back. So I always do it now. Like when a friend tells me something, I'm like, hmm, something must have happened in your childhood to make you feel that way. Or who did this to you in order for you to think that? I'm honestly so annoying, but whatever. <laughs> All right, so you've gotten this far with the exercise, but you may be wondering why is building a purpose statement so important? Well, because your purpose will be demonstrated in all aspects of your life. This purpose statement, if written authentically, will be seen in your personal life and your work life. Try to say it to a friend or a close coworker and see if they think that sounds like you. If they don't think so, then you either have to go back and redo the exercise and think a little bit deeper, or maybe you're just not showing your true selves to them. And I can't tell you which one it is. So when you're in a position where you just hate what you're doing or how your life played out, do this exercise and think about if you're really living in your purpose. If not, no wonder you're unhappy. And now that you've articulated what your purpose is, you can start that journey of making a transition into a career or school program that you find way more fulfilling. 
I'm going to be honest, like I am still working on defining my purpose statement. It's a process and one that I'm currently going through, but once I can clearly understand what my purpose is, I'm going to articulate that to my manager. I'm going to look at my career trajectory. I'm going to take the necessary action steps to be able to make that transition if there's no alignment with my job and purpose. And the way I'm going to do that is having someone hold me accountable. So make sure you're talking to a friend or maybe a coworker, manager, a parent about what it is that you want to do because having an accountability partner is what's going to help you meet those action steps. Recognize that this is your life and when you're 60 and looking back, you're going to, yes, appreciate the life you lived, but you may also wonder what your life would have been like if you had made a different decision. You need to start making decisions like your life depends on it because it really does. What life do you want to live? who you meet, where you live, the opportunities you're exposed to, they're all based on a series of decisions that you've already made. So if you feel like where you are right now is not where you are meant to be, you've got to make a decision. Now, I'm not saying be dramatic. Do this with a level head. Be strategic because there are things you can do now that can take you where you want to be. There's this quote that Morgan loves to say. I hear it often. It's by Steve Jobs. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking back. So you have to believe that what you're doing now will make sense later, even if it's not certain. I know Omer told me once to pull on a thread, which means do something when the opportunity arises. It may lead to something, it may lead to nothing, but you tried and you never know how that experience will shape you. For me, it was this podcast. It may lead to something, it may lead to nothing, but I wanted to do this and I would regret if I didn't. Anyways, I hope I've given you some reassurance and some useful tips on how to avoid success disaster or get out of it if you're currently in that situation. I kind of feel like Oprah right now. Actually, it's so funny because Oprah was supposed to be a guest on today's podcast, but then I realized I'm not a health and wellness podcast and that may be a bit off brand for me, so I went solo. I don't know why I'm still talking, so I'm just going to leave now, but please remember, shut the fuck up about New Year's resolutions. I'm turning 23 again this year, and if you find yourself in success disaster, try to understand your purpose. And if you are interested in the book, Leading from Purpose, I will link it in the bio. I wanted to thank you guys for the support. Since I've launched, I've been getting so many messages of people telling me how much they love the podcast or how they found it so funny. And I appreciate you. If you don't already, go subscribe. You'll find out when the episode is launched right away. You can follow me on Instagram at AshleyTabatabae. The Busy Making Other Plans Instagram is coming soon. I just need to consult my team. And by team, I mean my friends with a skill set that is way superior to mine. I may even be on the TikTok, so uh, we'll see how that goes. (laughs) I feel so old. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys, to Busy Making Other Plans, and I will see you next Tuesday. Scandal.